1: Pastor Dominic here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers this morning. Hoping you're taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Give me a shout out anytime, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. It'll be an honor to interact with you concerning any theological issue or current event happening on our world today. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, let the little children come. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belong to such as these. Today, we'll talk about some topics that are not only an issue here in Casa Grande, but it is a national issue impacting public schools in America, and also some of the churches today, namely critical race theory. But critical race theory is not the only issue. But there are also others, and that is why we have a special guest today, and his name is Michael Cruz. I'm going to have Michael introduce himself. Let you know what he's doing, let you know what he's done in the past and what he's moving on to do um, in the future, Lord willing.
0: Well, thank you, Pastor Dominic. Uh, And hello, everyone. My name is uh, Michael Cruz, and I'm a resident down here in Casa Grande, born and raised in Arizona, spent my whole life here. This is home to me. Um, I'm a, a proud Christian and former educator, and I'm here today to talk about some very important topics impacting our children and our current school system today. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, currently I serve as the chief of staff for chairman Stephen Miller with the Pinal County board of supervisors. But prior to that, I had a career in education where I served as a middle school teacher and the director of communications and marketing for a local elementary school district down here in the city of Casa Grande, Arizona. Um, but my background is diverse. Um, both in education, working in public relations, government, and actually started my career in uh, tax and accounting. So unique background, but I'm really, my purpose and my work is one to fulfill the glory of God, but two is to help the communities I work in and I serve. And I I truly take public service at its face value. And that's service there, Pastor Dominic. Yeah,
1: praise the Lord. And that's, and that's who we need. And obviously having a, a Christian in, in, in positions like that. so let me ask you a question uh, Michael if I may absolutely. Um, what is the current state of education right now in Casa Grande? I mean if, if I it, I know that's a broad topic but if, if you can synopsize that if, if, if possible.
0: Absolutely, Pastor, and you know just the current state of education—not just in the city of Casa Grande, but across the state of Arizona—it's it's been improving since the recession in two thousand eight. Uh, a lot of times you'll see in the news that uh, two thousand eight had a huge impact in education and funding, and it did. But it's it's great to know that today that our government and our elected leaders have prioritized education to the point where it's fifty five percent of the Arizona state budget for this upcoming session, and Right now, schools are in their best positions they've ever been, strongest cash positions. They're positioned for success if their local school boards have the same motives. Now, currently, within the state of Arizona, right now, we're at the highest level of spending per pupil, and that's 11854 we wow. it, it, We have invested a lot of time, energy, and focus on improving K-12 public education in the state. Now, specifically to Casa Grande, um, within the city, uh, you have the Casa Grande Elementary School District, and then you also have the Casa Grande Union High School District, two separate districts serving the K-12 community, in addition to a couple charter schools and a private Christian school as well. So there's a diverse mix of students uh, within grades K through 8 Just within the city of Casa Grande, you're looking upwards of students towards the amount of 8,500 K through eighth graders in the city of Casa Grande, and um, it's growing. We're a growing community, and as part of that growth, you have new families coming in, but ultimately, the school system um, is in a position where, with the right leadership, the right direction, and utilization of their taxpayer dollars with good intent could do great things.
1: Yeah. You know, my, uh, since we are grown, maybe we'll get an Italian food store here. What do you think, Michael?
0: You know, I've been waiting for <laughs> um, nothing like a great cannoli. Yeah, after dinner, Yeah. And you just can't get that around here.
1: No. Hey, Michael, are you uh, comfortable because you said you were a former educator as is- is you comfortable right. in, in, in speaking? Is there a reason you were a former educator or is that it just uh, maybe just it's, a it's, position shift, but is there a story behind that?
0: There, there is a story, Pastor, and um, I'm proud to tell this story because um, I'm, a, I'm a man of not only just my faith and moral convictions, but I'm a man and I practice what I preach. You know, 1 John three eighteen tells us, dear children, let us not love with words or voice, but in actions Amen. and in truth. And everything I do out of love is going to be followed through with action. I talk the talk and I walk the walk. And what has happened in my career and why I left education is I've seen a a large shift in the direction of our K-12 public school system. And that direction it's going is not for the better of children, but for the better of those in positions that want to take on their own personal agendas and utilize their platform in position to push their ideologies and it's unfortunate and a lot of those ideologies um, are not in the best interest of children and more importantly um, defy what you and I believe when it comes to our faith and I, I left the profession to take a stand to hold
1: wow, our public school
0: systems accountable And holding them accountable, not just to the taxpayer dollars we provide, but to the standards that the state set, and also to the standard that parent voice is important, and that students and families have a voice, and they haven't been heard. And I'm trying to elevate that voice so that they are finally heard.
1: Michael, did you have a specific position in education or...
0: I was uh, I w- I started my career as a public school teacher and I was teaching middle grades I was teaching uh, computer science and technology and coding and I um, career in technical education business and computer applications and then after that I went on to be the public information officer for the school district wow. working in administration and um, and essentially it's what you would consider like your director of communications and marketing. And that just is attributed to my background in business. I do have a master's degree in business administration, but part of that, I study, I did study some education and my undergraduate years in addition to business. So it's one of those things where I've always had a passion to do. And I always wanted to teach because, um, growing up where I did, um, there wasn't many opportunities. Yeah. Faith was what kept me forward and good teachers are what helped me become the man I am and I want to preserve that good teachers and good people with the right attitude teaching our children. And that's why I took a stand and that's how I got into education. I will continue to do what's right for kids.
1: Amen. And um, you are from originally? I'm originally from uh,
0: South Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised in Phoenix. And I moved out to Pinell County. Um, it's going on seven years now. Wow.
1: Okay. Ready for some hot topics?
0: I'm ready, Pastor. <laughs> Are you ready? You
1: notice we notice we, we we kind of we we kind of opened up the bread a little bit. Now well, we, we got to put the topics in. So, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, critical race theory is infiltrating the churches, but I also said that obviously we know it's infiltrating the K twelve schools, but that's not the only thing. So, um, would so I mean, obviously hey, let me tell you something. Michael's a great guy and we can have him on the show. We can talk about the Bible and and everything we're doing. We are uh, including we're doing this for the glory of God. But there is a specific reason why Michael is here today. And one of them, one of the questions and here's the question, and this is a hot topic, I'm sure. Why is critical race theory and the LGBTQ issues now a topic of concern in public schools? I mean, that's, Believe me, in just saying that concerning public schools to me would seem crazy. You
0: know, Pastor, um, it, it is, and it's it's an issue that has been going on for a while, but it hasn't really been brought to the public spotlight. And the current issues we're facing in Casa Grande actually came to the spotlight because I went to a, a school board meeting and brought the topic up and recited some of the curriculum of that was controversial. Um, to the board and it really got front page coverage because uh, essentially we pointed out items that should have not even been presented as part of a community review process for this curriculum. And that's what has garnered all the attention. But going back to your question, why now? One, obviously with um, this country is divided in many ways. Um, those of us that are fellow believers were united through our, our love and and belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but not everyone shares that same opinion. Yeah. And what's happening now is, um, one, because of the political implications that have come from that, but two, really, um, more and more schools are going towards this idea and movement towards equity and inclusion, two buzzwords. And while they have good intent, what you don't see is what, what kind of long-term And negative implications are a result of that pursuit.
1: Michael, you hit a word, you said equity, and what's the other word? Inclusiveness. Now, shouldn't that be, shouldn't that really be equality? Equality is the word that should be not equity, right? I mean, in many instances, yeah. You know,
0: equity used to be a term that would be good for everyone. And let me give you a real quick example of what equity is. Let's say you have a student that is, A paraplegic Mm. who's on a wheelchair. Equality means every child has that sidewalk to get to the classroom. Equity would be that child that has the same sidewalk also has a ramp and a rail to go up. So that they could get the equal access as opposed to a walkway with steps. Wow. That's equity. But what has happened is we changed a, a fine word that really had meaning to really complicate it and dilute it with a lot of different liberal ideologies and agendas yeah. that start to incorporate the disparities in income and question those instances U.S. law, race, and it really has taken away from what that true value of yeah, it words is. have changed. Though. The words you know, have changed. They, and, yeah,
1: this is, words have changed over time, and they use a lot of these buzzwords in, in, for their own agenda. Yes, uh,
0: and equality is probably one of the, the best ways to approach things and to keep amen. it a level play field. And That's what our founding fathers had in mind, and it has changed. Um, going back to the, the question and why it's a hot topic is as schools strive towards this agenda of inclusiveness and equity, they forego the voice of parents and the other half, and you start to incorporate ideas such as critical race theory. And for those that don't know what critical race theory, yes,
1: please, thank you, Michael.
0: in essence, what it is, and it, it's really it, it was framed as part of a, a legal scholar yes. um, research and. The, what the whole premise is, it critical race theory really uh, seeks to examine the intersection of race in this country as it relates to U.S. law. And that
1: would be like in, the term intersectionality, is it? In,
0: in a sense, um, it, it really is just trying to examine where race and U.S. law intersects okay, and, how it, it. and how that works is um, essentially the argument for those that um, believe in critical race theory and what it supports is that, the U.S. founded itself and its laws and governance um, over laws that are rooted in racism and um, essentially oppress minorities in this country. And their belief is that through this, there has been an ongoing level of systematic oppression to minorities. So
1: who's the oppressors?
0: Well, according to the people that support the so-called so-called oppressors (laughs) yeah but uh, the the government and u.s laws but i I ask you to re-examine that because you have to look at you know our our current foundation and government it's a combination of people of all diverse backgrounds you have hispanic you have african-american you have white legislators congressmen congresswomen city council members county supervisors all of these people that are represented that create these laws um obviously we are not where we were at mm. just 50 years ago things have changed yeah and
1: and I, quick right and michael quick. i mean they they change. they this is quick i mean years ago things would change over century now it's like in in a month, who knows what, what's going to be happening? The, the time has changed and the dynamics have changed. But
0: ultimately, what hasn't changed with this theory is that the government and its laws have been designed to systematically oppress people. And that's not the case. And I tell you this. As as a person that you would someone would identify as a minority, I'm first and foremost. I'm an American. I'm a Christian. Um, I was born and raised in this country. This is a, this is home. Right. I am of I, I am of Mexican descent. But I will tell you that if at any point, Pastor, in my lifetime, growing up in poverty and where I came from, if I ever felt that race was the determining factor of my destiny. We wouldn't be having this conversation no, without today. A doubt. and this is where it goes back to equality. The one thing our constitution and our government provides us is that everyone has an equal shot. This is a country where freedoms and liberties provide us the foundation for anything we set our mind to. And really it comes down to two things. One, your willingness to do it and that personal agency, your commitment to do it. And that That's where we're at, at at an intersection and being accountable for your own actions and deeds is something that we used to hold true to our hearts, but it doesn't happen. And, and now people are scrambling and things have changed. And going back to CRT, it's one of those ideas that if we start to discuss this at a further level and what they're looking to introduce into schools, what's happening is you're trying to teach History in a negative light. You're trying to incorporate. Yeah,
1: it's a good point.
0: You're trying to incorporate um, organizations that have nothing to do with academia, such as like the Black Lives Matter group. They're political groups. We should exactly. not be bringing these into the classrooms. You, and, you know,
1: Michael, just for a second, and I, I don't want to name the state, but you might be familiar. I actually read that there's a state right now that has African Americans learning the 1619 project in one class. And then um the white people learning the, the uh,
0: 1776.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's crazy. Talk
0: about going back 67. I mean, that's years. crazy.
1: When I heard that I, I was, I was shell shocked.
0: Yeah. It, and I, I think that's a Midwest state somewhere. It was. <laughs> it
1: was. <I> mean, <laughs> I first you would think, it think
0: it's California, but yeah, no, it's not, it's Midwest. not, believe it or not. It's a Midwest state, but it, you know, the, and, and what it goes down to is that should have never taken place and people don't understand the power of local school boards and school systems. They create the policy and they govern and they educate our children to how they want their their community to to be educated. And, you know, that was an unfortunate decision. And now that's what, why we're talking is some of these unfortunate decisions are coming into our hometown.
1: So now you got to correct me because you're, you're the ex educator and this is, this is your bellywick, so to speak. So from what I understood from the last meeting, and I did come to the last meeting, I, I in Phoenix, they've adopted some of this stuff. And in Tucson, some of it has happened. And I, again, I, I don't want to misspeak. I, I, yes, uh, but so, I think I heard something like that in the meeting.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you're getting it. You're you're getting it more and more. Um, I will say, it's it's hit close to home. Tucson Unified, within the within Tucson, largest school district down there, implemented um, a curriculum that was does LGBTQ and a wide array of other transgender. Uh, topics and it was brought into the classrooms and there was a lot of parents that were objecting to that statement but it was the direction of the superintendent and school board to move forward with it despite then hundreds of parents that came to the school board meetings to yeah I, it, yeah
1: i heard there was a lot of people that came and, and it still didn't work it
0: still didn't work and you know why it didn't work pastor is because it wasn't of the interest of the governing board and the superintendent to listen to those parents or voices is what they wanted. And this is why it's important to understand your school boards have a huge, they play a critical role in the direction of policy with students and, and families in the communities they teach and learn in. And that was one of those where you have a board that share the same belief and ideology and they all vote in conjunction with each other. There's no room for other voice. And, It boils down to, for lack of better word, pastors, um, people of faith, people that believe in conservative values, people that believe these topics should not be taught in schools, but should be taught in the comfort of their home with their family. We we, we fell asleep at the wheel. Um, We weren't running for school boards. We weren't getting involved. And we are now because we're seeing the first we're seeing firsthand the works of our uh, lack of involvement and engagement.
1: Yeah, there's something interesting you're saying. So I, I think, that, and this is something we need to we need to think about. What Michael is saying here, he's not saying these things should not be discussed. It should be discussed in with the parents in the home, but not in the school system.
0: Correct. You know, if you start involving uh, controversial political groups like Black Lives Matter movement into the classroom, um, one. We shouldn't be talking politics in the classroom. It's against the law. And that is a
1: political and that, that is, is that's poli- it that's is politics. A, it,
0: it is a political group. Um, and it's been it's a, it, they identify themselves as well as that. Um, also, too, critical race theory is illegal in the state of Arizona, according to Governor Ducey's executive order that he's passed recently in the past several months. Will that stand um,
1: up, you think? I'm Michael? hoping
0: It should. I, I really do. Um, but the thing is, you have organizations like the AEA and other groups that want to defy it. But at the end of the day, topics such as LGBTQ issues, transgender issues, you know, our our Lord and Savior has teaches, it, it's second commandment. And we, we got to love our neighbor. It doesn't matter who they are. It right. doesn't matter their beliefs, the background. We should love each other. We're all children of God as, as Christians. And that's fine. But to what degree do you force feed it in a K-8 school with kindergartners, you know, Five, six, seven, eight year olds to participate in someone else's self image that we're not taught at home. It shouldn't be allowed. I'm not saying we don't talk about these topics. I say that we talk about these topics with our family, our parents, and our households. And I'm not naive, Pastor. I know that, you know, the state of the household is in crisis. You well, know, very good point. There's, there's, You know, more and more children being raised by single parents, um, grandparents raising children. uh, You know, it would be naive not to understand that. But that's why, in part of what I'm doing, is trying to engage and empower families to get together, to bond together, to work together. One, not just to have a louder voice, but two, to tackle these issues collectively as a whole. And I think as the church too, these are things that we work within our community to help support and, and provide guidance on, but these topics are important, They but they need to be talked about in the comfort of their own home, not and with a teacher, with an agenda.
1: Would you um, be kind enough to come back next week and do another show?
0: Absolutely. I I feel it's important as we start to um, dive further into this, it's important that we we continue to discuss the local issues and what we're going to be seeing as part of a curriculum adoption with the local school district that has went out to community review. And we're getting the support of local state representatives. We're getting the support of local county leadership, city leadership that say, no, we shouldn't have these topics in our K8 school system. So I look forward to that and it's important your viewers know.
1: Yeah, just a, a one one thing before before we close out and we will will we'll continue this uh, next week. Um as a theologian um like you said, you know in the Bible there's there's one race and there's male and female. So when we encounter these ideologies of LGBTQ and critical race theory as a theologian, I want to encounter, but at the same time, I want to give them the truth. Right, Michael. I mean, I want to let them know that in love that these things are unbiblical and and they need to repent and believe the gospel, but in love. And I always learned that if you don't hear people, they won't hear you. So you got to hear the argument, but you have to be able to give your argument. Yeah. Um, And I think, so one of the tricks of the enemy, Michael, is that we've lost communication today, especially with these, with everything is in media and stuff. We've lost communications. I mean, you know, I have, I know people that when it's time to eat their families will text to their, you know, their daughters and sons up up in the next room, yeah. it's time to eat. So we've lost communication, but I, um, it's an honor to have you and I I am looking forward to Bringing you on because I want to maybe dive into what specific materials that may be infiltrating the, the classrooms or trying to infiltrate the classrooms? And then what can we do as a community here in Casa Grande to try to fend off that stuff? Is, that, is those, Are those fair topics?
0: Very fair topics, Pastor, and they're important topics that everyone in the community, whether you have children or not, if you sincerely care about the direction of this country, of our communities and our children growing up with a quality education that's focused on what is needed to be productive members of society, lovers of america and good members in our workforce it's important you get involved and i look forward to discussing that with you in further detail
1: yeah praise the lord and again this is pastor dominic rimaldi uh on street talk theology we take theology and bring it to the streets So, the next time may god bless and keep thank
0: you for joining us for street talk theology with pastor dominic grimaldi you can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at eight nine one West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online
1: at www.desertskybaptist.org.